I'm Theo. And I'm Juliet. And this is Apologies Accepted. We offer an entertaining look at some of the big issues in history by examining public apologies of the famous and infamous. We're looking at politicians, serial killers, actors, and you. Send us a public apology you would like to make, and we'll read it on the air and give you a chance to redeem yourself, or just get some guilt off your shoulders. We're here for you. Once a week, maybe more if you're really, really sorry. This, this is Apologies Accepted, accepted the, podcast. the podcast. And I'm not Theo. And I'm not Juliet, but I am trying to step on all of her lines. <laughs> you paused at the beginning and I was like, oh, she forgot she needs help. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate your generosity and kindness. A hero for everyone. You're you are welcome. For me. <laughs> so, um, hey, what's shaking, Bacon? My sister has returned from the great Ooh, state of North Carolina. That's right. Is yes. she still with you? And she, you mean alive? No, I mean visiting. Yeah, she's, <laughs> she's still with us. Um, okay. She's still here. Uh, today's the day that she leaves to go to San Antonio to stay with her daughter uh-huh. to spend the night. And then she goes and gets the keys to her apartment, which is her New apartment. temporary space for the next year or so until she gets things situated and figures out, you know, what she wants to be when she grows up. Um, oh. Yeah. And so we've had a whole week together where yeah. we have not had one argument except for one argument. Um, so well, that's good. One argument oh, is good. It's amazing. We used to be we couldn't be in the same room for more than five minutes without going straight for each other's eyes. Yeah. Right? Um, and I've gotten so close so many times just squishing that eye in her head. <laughs> um, and so this moment was, I don't remember what night it was. It was like Thursday. It could have been Friday. I don't know. Um, but it was later on in the week. And we were talking about the Google cars that are driving around Austin. Oh, yeah. And they're uh-huh. the driverless cars or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah. And I made my comment, which I, we have had this discussion where it's like, dumbest idea in the world. This is right. stupid. Who's doing it? Oh, Google. Okay, got it. But yeah. And then I made the comment that I always make, which is, I sound just like my great grandparents talking about <laughs> a horseless carriage. Uh-huh. And so, yeah, I, I recognize what's happening here. And my sister said, you've never spoken to your great-grandparents. You don't know what they would think. You can't say that. Oh, and then I went straight to, I could say anything I want. And I, right. it's not that I got so mad. It's I bit at the bait. Right. Right. What I should right. have said was, who wants tea? <laughs> right. <laughs> But no, it was like, you're going to challenge me? Yeah. Oh, I'm going to challenge you. No. <laughs> I was here first. And by here, I mean on this planet. You are a temporary right. visitor. I right. am permanent like gravity. Right. So, yeah. So so that's what the argument was about? Your great-grandparents and the horseless carriage? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah. And, you know, did it last more than 10 minutes? No. Maybe. Did it it go on for maybe about 10 minutes? Neither one of us likes to lose. (laughs) 
Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. So, so that was that. And then just running around town and doing stuff. And um, yeah, we've had a really good time. Uh, good. Yes. So went to the outlet, bought more baskets. Those baskets failed. <laughs> I'm going to, instead of a stack of newspapers, I'm going to be the person who hoards baskets. Um, Perfect. Sad. Baskets all over. Baskets all over. Baskets. The great basket shortage will be because of me Beautiful. and my need to find baskets to hold pillows. Yeah, so. Well, well, I think the real question is why so many pillows? Um, I have an answer for that because I have a thing <laughs> for pillows, blankets, baskets, oh, totally. and yeah. bowls, right? Yes. And it's yes. those things that provide comfort yes. and mean security and home, right? Right. Uh, so that's what that is. They're th- Got it. Uh, but also... Who knows? Maybe I have some weird gene that's like, oh, basket, must have. Oh, bull, must have. But anyway, enough about me. What's going on with you? What's shaking bacon? Nothing. Nothing's going on. Um, I just, just random errands run around the house and taking the dog to the vet and, you know, that sort of thing. And of course, I was uh, mentioning before I was silenced and told this was a topic for the podcast that the weather has been nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is mandatory now. <laughs> the Juliet weather report. Uh, looking out the window right now, it's foggy as hell today. But yesterday was a beautiful day, just, just a beautiful day, sunny. Um, it was a little bit on the warm side, but it was really nice. Um, and I really enjoyed it from my couch. What was the from your couch? <laughs> what was the high yesterday, please? I believe it was 80 degrees. Oh, and I believe her. I know, right? I'm like, it's so hot. And you're like, it's 106 here, bitch. How hot uh, is it there in Austin, Texas? Why, it was 104 yesterday. Oh my God. When I got out of my car, my elbow accidentally brushed against the the side of the car, car. yeah whatever uh-huh. however i managed to do that and um it burned wow i mean it stung it was like yeah. ah ah hot wow. yeah bad um it will be 107 here today they say and with the humidity because yeah it's not just enough that it's hot it's also You're humid. Right. yeah uh, it's gonna be like 119 and so bad and then this is really exciting it gets into our topic today which is uh human genetics etc but there's this thing and i forget what they call it they call it like wet death or heat death but Uh the human body cools itself down by sweating right Right. so we sweat and then the air comes and picks the sweat up through evaporation and that reduces our skin temperature which whatever 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 however that all works we that's how we cool off, right? Right. If you didn't know that, that's how all that works. You're welcome. Thank you. You're welcome again. Um, <laughs> so when it's humid, that doesn't happen. So we're all going to boil. Right. As the planet die. heats we're up. We're going to steam to death. Yeah, that's it. That's disgusting. Yeah. So. But I'm sorry to hear that. What a great note we're starting out on. I'm <laughs> thrilled. But, you know, if you start at the bottom, you can only go up, right? Okay, well, good. We should start at the bottom of every podcast then. That, that's, uh, <laughs> yeah. that's the way we should do it. And maybe we already do. I don't know. <laughs> but I, I'm sitting here looking at your uh, picture on Zoom, and I'm admiring your, your shirt. So tell me about your shirt. My shirt is um, from Gap Outlet. Thank you, Gap, for Ooh. having an outlet. 
and it's uh, Basquiat with the dinosaur in the crown. And it's so cute. I couldn't be more excited about it. Um, but I forgot why it was relevant. Well, I was listening to a podcast, and actually, oh, it was, yes. uh, yeah, it was the, the Linoleum Knife podcast, which I probably tried to make you listen to before. But they talk about movies, but for some reason, they were also talking about Basquiat because um, they're um, the Basquiat estate, and I don't know any of the right words for any of this, but they um, had been authenticating all of the Basquiat art pieces and there were so many forgeries that they gave up they stopped doing the authentication they fired all of their authenticators or whatever i know there's another word for it but i don't know what it is um they fired all of their authenticators and have just given up so now there's a bunch of basquiat forgeries on the on the marketplace right which decreases the value of the originals because if you can't tell a fake from an original then you have no way of knowing really if it's original blah 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 i think everybody can can figure that out for themselves i don't have to do everyone's homework um same thing with Elvis. Elvis. Yes. So you know how there's this Elvis movie that's coming out? Yes, I've seen right? the ads. And the ads say, Priscilla Presley wept. She could not believe how wonderfully they brought her husband back to life on the screen. She's still alive? Yeah, well, apparently. Or wow. they found a really great psychic who was able to, right. like, she's crying in the other world. <laughs> um, and then their daughter, who was married to Michael Jackson, whose name? Oh, Lisa Marie. Lisa Marie Presley. Right. right. I was like, I can't think of her name. What is her dumb name? But I haven't thought about her in years. Whatever Four about years. Lisa Marie. She also is stunned by the film and thinks it's so amazing. And, oh, my huh. father's legacy will live. And this actor really embodied all the characteristics, morals, and values of my dad and blah, 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 blah. Right. So okay. the only reviews have been from the mother and the daughter. Okay. Right. So, okay, cool. Probably going to be a winner. But at the same time, I don't know. Maybe it will be a good film. I'm not an Elvis fan. I don't care. Um, right. The Elvis estate has decided recently that Elvis's image and the copyright is being infringed upon. Oh, no. Oh. By ministers in Vegas. And anybody really? else who dresses up as Elvis and pretends to be Elvis Presley. Now they're deciding this? All Elvis Presley impersonators are ordered to cease and desist impersonating Elvis Seriously? Presley. As a, mm-hmm. I mean, it sounds like a dumb joke, right? But yeah, the estate is coming after Elvis impersonators because I guess there's not any... I mean, I will say this. James and I got married in Vegas and we got married by Elvis, Right. Because it uh-huh. was like, if you're going to do the Vegas thing, do the Vegas thing. And uh-huh. I wanted to go through the drive through where you shout, I do, into the clown's mouth, and then you get That's a cheeseburger at the do. end. Yeah. Absolutely. It's the American dream. Uh, absolutely. But it was like a three-month uh, wait to get uh, in to do that or whatever. And okay. so, right. And uh, this was a very spur-of-the-moment decision that had taken like 17 oh. years to get to. So, right. right. Like, let's just do it now. So were you in Las Vegas already and you were just like, let's get married? Or were you like, no. let's go to Las Vegas and get married? Uh, I was like, let's go to Las Vegas and get married because uh-huh. we were selling a house that I loved and going to buy a house that I didn't love, but I could see the logic in buying that house. Right. Right. And I was like, you know, I'm officially unemployed. And so any bank is just going to be like, Who's this yeah. guy? What's yeah. he doing here? So, yeah. so you know, this will be a more comfortable process for me. Right, right, if, right. If we're married, because at least then everybody knows who the heck I am, 
when I come in to sign paperwork or whatever, right? Otherwise, I'm just some random per whatever, right? Mm -hmm. And so James was like, for you, I'm willing to do that. Okay, great. <laughs> so, uh, so we went to Vegas and it was Elvis and our Elvis Presley impersonator also had Superman jewelry on because he did both <laughs> characters. <laughs> so he had a shitload of like rings and necklaces and, and wow. all of that, right? Because he was uh, he was doing like Vegas Elvis, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, he wasn't doing young hot Elvis, but he also wasn't doing like old fat Elvis, right? So right. somewhere in that in, the, in between, in the middle. Yeah, and uh, and I saw the Superman signet ring. I mean, it was like, oh, okay. Well, I, yeah, I could see where you could do both characters. So, yeah, cool. Um, and whatever, it just added to the goofiness, right? But How I can see where that's like, that's not really living up to the Elvis right. standard, the Elvis blah. The brand. The brand. Thank you so much. There's the word I'm looking for. And to think that I used to do brand enforcement for Disney. <laughs> I can't think of the stupid word. Um, but yeah, so interesting that huh. Basquiat um, is that market's flooded with with frauds and fake copies and well, fake copies, copies that are fakes or whatever. Yeah, right. And I mean, that's what I heard on linoleum knife. It could all be false. I don't know, but that's what I heard. So I, I mean, how could you doubt those two gentlemen? I don't know. They're great. I love them. I I listened to one two episodes and uh -huh. uh, I did like them. I liked them. I could listen to them yeah. talk about anything, right? right? But I think the movies they were talking about, I was like, eh, eh. so right, yeah, right. It, it didn't it didn't catch for me. Um, but who knows? Maybe maybe I'll give them maybe another one try. Day. Maybe one. You have excellent yeah. taste in podcasts. You are the one that introduced me to this art form. Well, thank you. That, that's uh, I have no. excellent taste in podcasts, and we thank have a you. podcast now. So there you go. Yes. <laughs> And it's the best of all the podcasts. Well, I mean, without saying. <laughs> so, so how does so walk me through this? Like I'm four. How does Elvis relate to our our topic today? I'm confused. Oh well, uh, in the same way that Basquiat relates to our topic today, and that is we're we're ultimately we're talking about copies, right? Now we're talking about a guy who said some stuff um, that sort of discounted the contributions of people and right. and that that's a discussion for because i have some thoughts around that right okay, i've realized we'll now what i'm doing is 20 minutes I'm, I'm in your territory you do the framework but uh, <laughs> we're gonna end up talking about genes g-e-n-e-s everyone and yes. that has to do with replication and copies okay gotcha Gotcha. All right. So let's jump in uh, on that note. Um, so we're talking today about Eric Lander, who was a mathematician. Um, he apparently was very smart and somewhat of a child prodigy. Um, and he did go on to earn a PhD uh, as a Rhodes Scholar at Oxford College. Um, he loved math, but he didn't, according to Wikipedia, he didn't want to live such a, quote, monastic, unquote, career. So he didn't know what to do. Um, so like everyone who doesn't know what to do, uh, including me, of course, when I was 20 some years old, didn't know what to do. Take a job teaching economics at Harvard Business School. Oh, totally. Me uh, too. Yeah. <laughs> that was that summer I was really lost. That's right. <laughs> everyone, everyone goes through that phase. Um, so his brother is a biologist and his brother suggested that, um, that Eric look at neurobiology. And uh, this sort of captured Eric's attention because, as he said, there's a lot of information in the brain. No shit, Eric. Um, 
And to understand mathematical neurobiology, he thought he had to study cellular neurobiology, and then he went on to study microbiology and genetics. And as he said, when I finally feel I have learned genetics, I should get back to these other problems. But I'm still trying to get the genetics right. So yeah, genetics is is a, a land of opportunity for study. So um, well said, Eric Lander. Now, genomics is the study of everything to do with genomes, which are the complete set of DNA in an organism or a living being. And so basically, the genomics is the study of genetics, um, just FYI. Um, and I have a note here that says, then a miracle occurs, which is because um, Lander was a mathematician, and he said he studied microbiology and genetics, but... There's nothing in his Wikipedia or anywhere else I can find in any of his biographies that say that he actually did study genetics or genomics. So he must have because he went on to found the Broad Institute, which is a geno genomic research center in Cambridge, Massachusetts. And he was one of the people who led the Human Genome Project, which if you remember, if you were around, it's been a while now, um, sequenced the human genome in 2001 at the same time that the corporation Solera did. Um, and I don't know how he got from mathematics to being the founder of the Broad Institute and, and a, a, a co-leader of the Human Genome Project. I don't know if you found anything like that in, in your research, but you probably didn't go into it that deeply. No. It just caught my attention. I was like, how did you become a genomics researcher from mathematics? You kind of have to go back and study some biology and some other stuff before you even get to g genomics. And, and where did you do that? And what degree do you have? But he doesn't seem to have one. Oh, well, it's because of the, what do they call them? The Immaculata? No. Who are... Huh? There, there's that secretive group, the Illuminati. That's oh, it. the Illuminati. Yeah, it's because oh, of the Illuminati. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's it. <laughs> that, that, I'll take that. That's fine. It's the only um, explanation. So, <laughs> so at some point... Um, between, I don't know, uh, when he got his PhD in 2001, he got some sort of degree, we would assume, in genetics. Um, and he went on in 2016 to actually write a history of CRISPR, which is a gene editing technology. Um, but his history of CRISPR downplayed the contributions of the two female scientists who are named Jennifer Doudna and Emmanuel Charpentier, um, who actually were uh, primary people involved, and they have been since awarded the Nobel Prize for their work, and instead he overstated the contributions of a broad biologist, Fang Zhang. So this has been portrayed as sexist, and this impression, I think Wikipedia said, is supported by the title of his essay, which is Heroes of CRISPR. So uh, in 2021, which we'll talk about in a little bit, um, when he was uh, undergoing a Senate confirmation hearing for uh, the science advisor role under, um, what's his name, Biden, uh, Lander acknowledged that he had understated Doudna and Charpentier's contribution and called that a, quote, mistake that he regretted. I felt terrible, he said. Um, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I made a mistake. So <laughs> hold on. Did he say blah, 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 or did he say blah, 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 <laughs> yeah. blah, blah? No, that's he important. said I felt terrible. I made a mistake. Okay. All right. <laughs> I, I so wish he had said, I feel terrible. Blah, blah, blah. blah, blah. blah. I made a mistake. <laughs> yeah. Oh, apology hall of fame. That one. That's a good one. Um, so CRISPR is, as, as I mentioned, a gene editing technology, but I think you have some information about CRISPR. I do because all of this got into places where it was like, oh, that feels obvious and that feels obvious and that feels... So in the end, I was sort of, um, what is this thing? Why, why is it important, right? 
And so let's let's look at CRISPR. Hi, everybody. It's time for your science podcast. Um, so <laughs> CRISPR stands for Clustered Regularly Interspaced Short Palindromic Repeats. Oh, I didn't know that. And a palindrome, for those of us who had to look it up this morning, um, because we couldn't remember, is a word <laughs> that is spelled the same forwards or backwards, right? So it holds yep. the same value regardless of which way you read it or approach it. Right. So cool. Um, CRISPR technology will be as life-changing for humanity as the internet. Okay. It will be as big and as important as the internet. Gotcha. Um, yeah, I actually, I'm blown out of the water by that because my life is entirely dependent upon the internet now. If I if I don't have my phone for five seconds, it's not because I'm going to miss a phone call. It's because right. I don't have access to the internet. The internet. Right. What if somebody asked me what happened on June 3rd, 1972? I need my internet. Um, yeah. So let's take a quick look at sort of what's happening, right? What What is this thing? So this is, this is a... It's a biological immune response that's been present in single-cell organisms for billions of years that we, being humanity, sort of accidentally tripped over in about 2000, 2001-ish. Um, and what happens is so, or, or what happened was somebody, I'm not going to worry about the names because there are a lot of people involved in this. this. This is not the brainchild of any five people. This is the brainchild of a group Thousands. of people, right? Exactly. Yes. Who were yes. aware of each other's research and what right. one person was doing sort of triggered a, a thing in somebody else's brain that was like, oh, well, that's my research, right? And so it was a lot of that happening. So this this guy was sequencing the genome of a particular bacteria that lives in super, super, super salty water, 10 times more salty than, than the ocean. And he noticed, as he was handwriting out the genetic code of this single-cell organism, that he was starting to see the same sequence of genes appear, and then there'd be another sequence of genes that would follow that sequence that sort of just didn't do anything and then here would come the same sequence of genes again. So he would see code, call it nonsense, right? Nonsense, code. And he noticed that all of the nonsense was the same amount of, of code, right? And so he started thinking of those as spaces. And so you had code, space, code, space. So in every cell... Uh, there is this protein that's called Cas9. I don't know what the Cas stands for. And Cas9 is basically like Pac-Man. And so it will go into DNA and snip it, just cut it, right? Effectively breaking the strand. Now, strands break all the time naturally without the help of Cas9. Strands break when you go to the dentist and they do an x-ray. Uh, mm -hmm. everything the radiation's hitting in your face, the DNA gets broken, right? The body has ways of dealing with that. And so what the body does is you have this broken DNA strand. 
and you have a sister DNA strand and the broken, I mean, again, real, real simple because I, I don't know enough about this. It's been seven years since I've even looked at a biology book. Mm -hmm. um, the broken strand says to the whole strand, oh, oops, help. I lost some DNA. Um, you're my twin sister. What's up? Mm -hmm. And the twin unravels a bit, allows the broken strand to couple with it, if you will, pick up some of the code, and then the broken strand renets. And so the missing DNA is back in place because the backup copy, the twin sister, is like, here you go. This is this is what you're missing. Wonderful. So Cas9, this protein in, in every cell, intentionally breaks DNA, right? And Cas9 is a protein that has a strand of, sorry, everybody, I know this is going to get like, I, this could get real boring and real dry. It has a strand of RNA inside it. And that Cas9 is carrying the snippet of RNA, right? And it goes into the DNA and it looks for the snippet that it has. And when it finds that snippet, it cuts it out. This is actually an immune response that bacteria um, evolved over the course of billions of years and have had this for billions of years. So where it, how it started, where it comes from, is a virus insects, infects a cell, right? Sticks in its own genetic code, and our DNA, any DNA, picks up that genetic code, gets supplanted by that genetic code, and that genetic code creates replications that explode, and then you have tons of new viruses in the body, and they go out and they infect other cells, right? Mm -hmm. So some cells develop a response somehow, when we're not quite sure of how this happened in, in the wild, or maybe they are, and it just wasn't in any of the documentaries or the podcasts that I listened to, um, had a way of incorporating the new virus DNA in their own DNA, thereby creating an immune response within the cell. So that cell didn't explode full of copies of this virus, right? Because mm -hmm. it already had some of the DNA, so, so the virus wasn't able to replicate in that cell. Um, and so... Uh, sorry, I'm losing this thread now of like, okay, well then how did that get into Cas9? So, oh, well, this is how it gets into Cas9. So Cas9, the protein, right, is fed that viral RNA from the cell. And the next time an infection or the next time the virus shows up to infect the cell, right, the Cas9 has that code that says, ah, this is the snippet I need to cut out of this DNA that I'm finding. So when the virus comes back to try and reinfect the cell that already has its coding, the Cas9 is able to detect the new DNA and snip it so that it's now ineffective. So that that is that is how that happens. Um, so it's something that had been utilized in the yogurt industry for about 10 years. Yogurt, uh, really? Yes. And so what happened with yogurt is uh, there are companies that sell, you probably know this being in pharmacology, companies that sell bacteria to other companies, right? Sure. 
we're going to grow it, we're going to culture it, we're going to give it to you, and then you're going to use it, great. And so those companies that farm bacteria and sell it to Dan and Yogurt, yep, their bacteria was dying because it was getting these viral infections. So oh. one of the guys at the pharmacy was like, at the pharmacy, sorry, one of the guys at the factory at the farm, let's call it, mm-hmm. was like, how, how can I stop this from happening? How can I improve the immune response of the bacteria that we're selling so they'll quit dying when they get to the place and we'll quit losing money? So, so it's a problem that he was tackling as well. Now, I'm not saying that he invented CRISPR, right? Because mm-hmm. I don't think he fully understood what was happening. But he found a way to, to solve this puzzle. And the solution was Cas9, right? Uh-huh. Now, I don't know that he, he didn't identify Cas9, etc. However, he accidentally stumbled across, upon this process. It was, it was something that he was using to help bacteria fight off infection, right? Um, so... Here's I'm, I'm circling around Dowda, Jennifer Dowda, Jennifer Duda, um, yeah. and and not quite sure how to how to land there. But in that way of smart people know other smart people and in right. industries produce publications and people read them, um, and you know who to talk to about things. Uh, Jennifer Dowda was informed about CRISPR technology right? Um, in passing and early, early, early two thousands. And she's the one that thought, Oh, well you could take the RNA and you could put it in Cas9 and it's going to go in and it's going to target a specific strand and a specific code within DNA. And you could cut that out. And then there'd be a way to sort of force the code you want in to the DNA as opposed to letting the body just sort of naturally do its thing, right? Um, and she saw that more as a tool for use in the lab. Interesting things you could do with DNA in the lab. She had not jumped straight to medical implications and or uh, changing the evolution of mankind, right? Which is where all of this CRISPR stuff goes. It goes right. straight from the test tube to man playing God. Uh, right. We're going to be able to change change everything. So that's how CRISPR works. And that's where it was, or that's where how it works and, and, and how it was discovered. Um, and so a couple of quick examples of some of the things that could happen. We're all familiar with um, BRCA1, the cell... Uh, sorry, the code for breast cancer. Mm-hmm. So easy enough to go in, snip that out. Right. Done. Problem solved. Same. Are with, they doing that now, or is this just an example of what they could do? This, this is where they we will be there within a few years. Okay. Right. So in the early 2000s, we've been playing with genetics, as everybody knows, since the 1990s when we decoded the human genome. Um, in the 19, sorry, in the early 2000s, might have even been the year 2000 in France, um, they had a group of terminally ill children, and they decided that they were going to do some genetic experiments on the kids. And let's think of it as genetic medicine or or, mm. or 
Yeah, it's called genetic medicine, right? Okay. Um, so I don't mean to say, because I did say perform experiments, which is what they were uh -huh. doing, right? Uh -huh. But the, the kids were terminal, right? Okay. And so this was like, there's an opportunity to maybe save a child's life. Okay. And so, um, so they did play with uh, injecting genes into the sick kids. Uh, sure. But there's no way to control when you just throw genetic material into an organism, what happens to that genetic material, at, because it is random, and some of the kids develop cancer and die. Now, again, these were children who were going to die anyway from their illnesses. Um, and so, so CRISPR is a more elegant, sophisticated, and direct way of snipping out code. Uh, gotcha. Another example, CCR5, that's the gene that makes people susceptible to HIV. If you get uh -huh. rid of that, you lose the receptor for HIV. You can no longer get infected by HIV. Um, there, And then we start bordering into science phi, right? Now, this is literal, but again, every, every documentary, every news article, every podcast quickly get to this discussion point, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. Which is changing men into machines. Mm -hmm, and so mm -hmm. there's, a, uh, there's a code called SCN9A, and it creates a protein that's a pain communicator. Uh, basically, it helps transfer pain signals from the body to the nervous system. So if you cut that out, you lose all sense of pain. Now, there are people who are born without this genetic sequence, the SCN9A. Uh, most famously, there was a 14-year-old boy in Pakistan who was a street performer who would stick knives in his arms because oh. he felt no pain. Oh. And he was paid to jump off of a roof, and he did oh that God. because he knew he would feel no pain, hurt. and he died, right? Oh, God. But uh, they were, I'll say they were able, whoever grabbed a sample of his tissues, right, right did a genetic analysis, like, why is this kid able to stick in that? And, and so... Right, and they found the gene exactly. so, that was missing. Exactly. So we know this, right? We know this. And so we could actually go in and do this. And then it gets into a right. question of should. Um, Jennifer Dowda talks about how in the early days of her research, after realizing that you could take a snippet of RNA and stick it in Cas9, and Cas9 uh -huh. is just going to do its little biological thing and go in and snip some DNA, right? That, um, and, and this was a repeated dream that, that she had, where she'd be brought into a room by one of her colleagues, and they would say, somebody wants to talk to you. There's a big, important meeting, right? You're gonna go talk to this person this thing, something, this big, urgent meeting thing. And she walks in the room, and there's a shadow sitting in a chair at a meeting table. And as she approaches the table, the shadow leans forward into the light, and it's Adolf Hitler. And he says to her, tell me more about this Cas9, right? And that's exactly where all this bullshit goes to. I, I don't want to take it there because I really like the science of it. And I, I like that, oh, it's a natural thing. It's been happening for billions of years. And it really is just all machinery, right? Um, 
But then we do start getting into these moral, uh, we'll call them quandaries, dilemmas. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so, so when we when we look at what happened in this situation uh, with Cas9 and so many scientists playing a role, right? Uh, Dalda works at, and I'm probably mispronouncing your name, and I apologize for that. Um, works at UC Berkeley. The Broad Company also was doing work on this, right? And Dalda's work was in test tubes. The Broad Company's work was in actual living cells. They both filed for patents, and there's been a patent war happening since I think since 2012. Um, and Broad has recently been granted some rights. And the difference is that Berkeley's patent was for work within a test tube. Okay. Broad's work was within the human cell, which has medical implications. So right. it seems like Broad will be the company that wins. It's a Broad or Brody? I always want to say Brody. Broad. Okay. Broad, uh, Broad will win this patent or fight thing, right? Um, and so that's CRISPR. That's how it works. That's uh, a little bit about some of the patent fighting that's happening and what the really prime differences are. Why why is one company being granted a patent and the other one not? And some of that just simply has to do... And I, I did not look at the Broad people who... It sounds like I intentionally was diving into research. And the documentary that I was looking at was focused on uh, Jennifer Dowda, probably because... She has a more interesting story because that Hitler dream, stirring. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, um, the uh, discussion of uh, genetic editing and what we could do with that, and whether or not that's good um, for humanity, um, and the the various ways, like your example with Hitler, um, we could go seriously wrong with that. Um, Sort of related to that, uh, Lander in 2018 had to apologize. So we're, we're back to Eric Lander again and what he's doing. And he apologized again for toasting James Watson on James Watson's 90th birthday. And Watson, of course, as probably everyone knows, is the co-discoverer of the double helix, the structure of DNA. Uh, but in his later years, he, he's still alive. He's become known for racist and misogynist views. He's said things like uh, exposure to sunlight in equatorial regions increases sexual urges, that thin people are more ambitious than other people, and that the intelligence of people in Africa is, quote, not really the same as ours, unquote. And that's interesting for his use of ours. Um, and I was also, just going to ask that. Yeah, I, he, he meant white people. Um so Eric Lander did toast James Watson on his birthday and got some, some kickback for doing that. Um, he said, I was asked to toast James Watson last week for his role in the Human Genome Project on the occasion of his 90th birthday. This was in an email to the Broad Institute. Um, and he said, people who have called this out are correct. I was wrong to toast and I'm sorry. He then called Watson's views abhorrent and characterized them as sexist, racist, and anti-Semitic. I was conflicted about whether to do it, he said. I ultimately agreed to accommodate the request, but it was the wrong decision. Well, also, so, yeah, not only was it the wrong decision, but you, you could you toast the discovery without right. toasting the racist. The man. Yeah, exactly. Right? That's a beautiful painting. Who knew Hitler could pick up a brush? 
Right. I've never seen any of Hitler's paintings. I wonder if they're any good. I wonder if they're any around. There's no way to ever know. There's no way to ever know. We could never find out. So Lander himself has been described by uh, colleagues uh, who were contacted by STAT, which is a a publication, a science publication, I think. Um, Anyway, he was described as brilliant, prickly, and brash, as having an ego without end, and as a visionary who doesn't suffer fools gladly, and as an authentic genius who sees things the rest of us don't. So there's pros and cons to Eric Lander's personality, and it it may have to do with uh, who is actually speaking. Like, are you a white male talking, or are you maybe a female of color? Uh, Depends on how how you see Eric uh, Lander. So let's get forward now to January 2021. Very recently, um, President-elect Joe Biden nominated Eric Lander as a science advisor to the president and announced that he would elevate this position to a cabinet-level post, sort of in response to the anti-science direction that uh, things have been going under um, Trump. Um, In response, and it it is hard to, actually, it's hard to understand why Joe Biden would nominate a person with this history, because there's there's no secret that uh, that Lander was problematic. I mean, none of this stuff was was hidden, uh, but he did. Um, And in response, an organization called 500 Women Scientists, which is actually um, an organization of of more than 500 women scientists, several, several thousands of women. uh, But women can't count. Thank you. (laughs) Right. Uh, this 500 Women Scientist Organization has actually published an editorial in Scientific American asking Biden to consider nominating someone else to the position because he was, of course, well known within the scientific community for offending women. But uh, Biden ignored that uh, that editorial uh, in Scientific American, and there was a confirmation hearing held in April of 2021, and the committee voted to uh, report favorably on the nomination uh, in May. And then his nomination was confirmed by the full Senate on May 28, 2021, and was sworn in. Atlanta was sworn in as director of the Office of Science and Technology Policy in June. And during this hearing, he was asked about the CRISPR incident and about his having attended two gatherings where Jeffrey Epstein was present. And Jeffrey Epstein was a wealthy, large-scale donor to science, who, of course, is also a convicted sex offender, or was a convicted sex offender before he died. Whether he killed himself or someone killed him is a matter of question. Uh, I don't know where you fall on that um, continuum. Do you think he killed himself, or do you think he was killed? I'll say the world is filled with wild coincidences. Yeah. And so, maybe, but I I do wonder about why a billionaire who had access to all the money in the world was afraid that he would be going to jail. Right. I, yeah. And weren't there things like the cameras happened to be off when he was when he died and weird other stuff like that? I mean, is that true? I don't know. Uh, is it true? I don't know, because uh, I wasn't in the camera room when those cameras were deactivated. And anybody <laughs> that says that I was is a liar. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I... Uh, yes, the cameras were off and um, and bullshit happened. Like a guard took Crazy a nap things. or guard something. Guard was sick or something. It yeah. fell asleep or whatever. Gone for three it, hours. It was, was right. murdered. Yeah. <laughs> right. And so the cameras are off and the guard is gone and somebody commits suicide. If you're going to commit suicide and people are there to watch and prevent you from doing it, you yeah. will take any opportunity. Well. Right. You will. You will take yeah. any opportunity that presents itself to like, I'm out. Bye. To do it. Yeah. I don't want to go so to jail, even though I'm in point. jail. Right. Um, so it's possible that uh, that he took advantage of the opportunity. Of the opportunity. Or it's possible that someone yeah. else took advantage of the opportunity. But either way, we'll never know. he is a convicted sex, sex offender, offender, human trafficker, 
um, pedophile, I think. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, at least uh, they were all underage, but. Yeah. And Lander had pictures taken with him on at least two occasions. And so, right. But here, I object, Your Honor. Um, <laughs> and so that, I mean, find someone who's rich and famous who didn't have a photo with Jeffrey Epstein, right? I mean, I'm no Trump fan at all, but Trump had photos with Epstein. And so for all those right-wingers that are like, Trump's amazing, I love him. But, you know, uh, everyone else who has a photo with Eric Epstein, or Eric Epstein, oh my God, Jeffrey Epstein, Jeffrey Epstein is a yeah. pedophile too. Hi, right. sorry. Maybe, maybe not. You don't get right. to, yeah. It's like if you're a famous person also, you, you take pictures of people. It's just what happens. So, you know, it doesn't mean that you necessarily had any sort of dealings with them beyond having the picture taken. Right, exactly. It's not like he was on the island, like, I had to say Bill Clinton, but like Bill Clinton was. Mm-hmm. This is a whole different on. topic. Yeah. <laughs> Politico uh, reported in 2022 about a White House investigation because 14 current and former Office of Science and Technology policy staffers uh, accused Lander of having bullied and demeaned his subordinates. So it didn't take very long. Um, it took about a year uh, for, for Lander to be accused of, of being an asshole uh, at, his, at his new position. And Lander admitted to the behavior and issued an apology to staff on February 4th, saying, I am devastated that I caused hurt to past and present colleagues by the way in which I have spoken to them. I believe it is not possible to continue effectively in my role, and the work of this office is far too important to be hindered. So he resigned on February 7th, 2022. Wow. Right. Um, the investigation that was under underway um, found evidence that he had bullied staff um, and uncovered instances of multiple women having complained to other staff about negative interactions with Dr. Lander, where he spoke to them in a demeaning or abrasive way in front of other staff. Um, these 14 staff members noted that the uh, negative behavior was directed against both men and women, although six staff members related that Lander appeared to, quote, take delight in trying to embarrass female colleagues in front of others. One staff member actually said that Lander uh, showed an inability to change, saying after one encounter, I hate that I do it, which is really, I mean. Very telling. Very telling. I can't control myself. I hate that I, I do it. I can't control myself. I hate that I'm such an asshole. I'm not going to change. Love the I hate feeling it. when it happens. That's right. <laughs> Obviously, I'm getting something out of it or I wouldn't be continuing to do it. So the um, Office of Science and Technology Policy Deputy Counsel Rachel Wallace, who had been demoted by Lander from the role of general counsel, said that Lander, quote, retaliated against staff for speaking out and asking questions by calling them names, disparaging them, embarrassing them in front of their peers, laughing at them, shunning them, taking away their duties and replacing them or driving them out of the agency. Numerous women have been left in tears, traumatized, and feeling vulnerable and isolated. So I don't like this Eric Lander very much. He's obviously <laughs> very smart, very smart, but quite a jerk, uh, especially to women and possibly people of color. So he did apologize in a letter to Joe Biden for what um, he apologized came to in a letter to Joe Biden. How about a letter to all the people? Go on. Thank you. 
Exactly, exactly the comment I was going to make in my in my review of the apology. So he wrote to Joe Biden uh, and he said, I am devastated that I caused hurt to past and present colleagues by the way in which I have spoken to them. It is clear that things I said and the way that I said them crossed the line at times into being disrespectful and demeaning to both men and women. That was never my intention. Nonetheless, it is my fault and my responsibility. I will take this lesson forward. I believe it is not possible to continue effectively in my role, and the work of this office is far too important to be hindered. So he did resign. Um, he was a professor at MIT, and he's on leave now at MIT. He's no longer working at the Broad Institute. I could not find um, that he was still working anywhere at this point, but he's probably just like you know taking some time off to, to regroup, and he'll be back doing some important thing in a matter of minutes. Well, I mean, let's say that if you're super smart and and your work can help yeah. humanity, then yeah. but you're a dick. Um, right. Okay. I mean, you know, what do we do if? Okay, I was going to say, what do we do if he invents a cure for cancer? Because we don't. And then it was like, oh no, what if it's Hitler? You know. And so it's that thing of like, what if Hitler had invented the cure for cancer? Okay. We throw okay. the cure for cancer away. Because it came from Hitler? Because <laughs> he was an asshole? Right. And so, you Yikes. know. Um, yeah. Yeah. A very pro-Hitler podcast um, for us. You, you distracted me and made me forget what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about the apology. Um, I think the apology, let's see, what would I give it? You know, I think the apology, because as you as you so astutely pointed out, was not directed at the people that he had harmed, but was a letter to Joe Biden. Um, I think that disqualifies it pretty much right there. And so I give it a zero. See, I'm going to give it a one. And here's why I give it a one. <laughs> okay. Because it's higher than you. Um, <laughs> and also, the letter that he wrote to the president does get entered into official records. So. Right. It's now part of, I mean, of course, you know, this would be a part of history anyway, because it's just a historical thing that happened, but it's even more a part now of presidential communications. And so it, it resides in two spots in history, right? Um, it's in the historical record in the, in a, I don't know that it would be in the presidential library at any point, but maybe, who knows, right? Who knows what'll get stuck in there? So um, whether or not he meant to make this an official communication to a president, a sitting president, which then would get stuck in American archives, right, uh, or not, I, I think that adds some weight. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it was stupid. Yeah. Uh, it, it's a, but that's why he gets a one, because whether or not he did that on purpose, it now echoes through all time, whether he okay. wants it to or not, because now it's an official document that, that sits with the office of the executive um, or the office of the president or whatever, whatever it's called. Um, yeah. So that's why I give it a one, but really. It's really pretty awful. bad. Yeah. It's I mean, yeah. super self-serving. Shouldn't yeah. get anything. Never should have gotten that far in the process. I'm right. really disappointed oh, in the Biden administration. I mean, he, for Yeah. Me too. I, and they were supposed to um, have a safe and respectful workplace policy at the White House, which was intended to, to draw a contrast with the, the reality of life at the Trump administration. And instead of like doing the research or caring about the, the background information on, on Lander and possibly others, they just went ahead and, and, and not hiring them because it would be um, 
against their safe and respectful workplace policy. They just went ahead and hired him, which is like saying, we don't care. We don't really care about our safe and respectful workplace policy. That's exactly what that's saying. Um, And and they don't. People say things like that. Well, Well, I will quote Rachel Maddow, which is pay attention to what they do and not what they say. Yeah. Anybody can say anything. Thank you. Yes, I'm cool. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So do you have an apology expected or a, um, a who's it? Uh, oh, sorry now. Who's it? I have a, a who's, who's it. it. <laughs> uh, yes, I do have, I have an apology expected, but I can't tell you the name of the person that that apology expected from. Um, but so we'll say this is an apology that is due to the world from the marbled crayfish which crayfish crayfish or crawfish okay. oh crayfish is how it's spelled um yes and so this invasive species clones itself and apparently oh. it's the sort of a thing that probably didn't happen in nature because it seems like as they backtrack the genetics that it's two crayfish from two different um extreme parts of asia that uh-huh. somehow met up and had babies that are capable wow. of asexual reproduction. And I guess like on some level, crayfish can reproduce asexually if they have, they can just lay fertile eggs. Um, so whatever happened, the speculation, and again, this is all speculation, is that these crayfish met in an aquarium in somebody's home and had some babies and that somebody was like, there's too many crayfish in my aquarium. And oh, flush no. them or let them oh, go, no. right? Yeah. And now they are taking over uh, Europe and Asia and killing out other crayfish, crayfish. species, right? And Yikes. because they are clones of themselves and therefore they carry the exact same genetic, inf- I know you know what a clone they're is. Identical. But yeah. They now are potentially missing out on not so much biodiversity, but uh, uh, defenses against uh, illnesses, viruses, etc. So they're they're displacing all the other crayfish species. I guess um, no, they're all the uh, same species. Family? Species? No. no, they could be different species. But still in the crayfish family. We yeah. did an episode on this. Shame on us for not being a thousand percent sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But anyway, so yeah, so that's my apology expected. It's either from nature or from the crayfish itself or from the person who flushed all those crayfish down a toilet because I'm sure that's exactly oh, what happened. I hadn't heard about this. That's 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 sad. And sad. that reminds me of the time that I flushed a fish down the toilet so I could have a hamster. <laughs> did you get the hamster? I did. I had an aquarium because I was really into fish for whatever reason for a year. Ten minutes. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, uh, and it was a nice aquarium. And and my fish were dying or whatever, but this one fish was holding on. And I really wanted a hamster at that point because I was graduating up the uh, species right. ladder. And right. my mother was like, you're not getting a hamster until that fish dies. Oh, and so you flushed the fish yeah. down the toilet. Suddenly your fish disappeared. Yeah. <laughs> and your mother was not suspicious at all. <laughs> I just know I had a hamster. I don't remember all the details. <laughs> So that could be a who's sorry now, two for one, what you got? Apology expected. Um, So mine is more for pride, um, although it's not very positive. So um, the Sydney Morning Herald contacted Rebel Wilson to tell her they were going to out her in the next few days. Oh. Yes. 
So she came out herself, and the Sydney Morning Herald is now pissed off that she stole an exclusive from them. So they need to fucking apologize so, for everything in, that they involved. The, I mean, number one, how fucking ridiculous that you mm-hmm. call somebody and tell, them and tell them you're going to do this thing, and then they take steps to prevent you from doing that thing, and then you get mad. Right. Number one. Number two, it's it's not 1990. I, I know, thought the right? whole outing thing was over. And really, you only out people who are being hypocritical, right? Right. That was the whole purpose of intentional outing, was to take dangerous gay people who were in positions of political power, masquerading as straight people to protect themselves and throwing like other gay people. Right. Uh, like uh, Lindsey Graham, Graham is another great one, right? Find a gay male escort in D.C. who hasn't made a claim of having sex with Lindsey Graham. Right, right. right. I'm not saying that Lindsey Graham is gay. <laughs> I'm just saying that other people are other asking people questions. Are yes. Right. Yes, exactly. So, right. So so that's outing. Rebel Wilson has never done anything to anybody. No, not as far as I know, anyway. I mean, there, there was some stuff about how she was inauthentic because Rebel Wilson isn't her real name. It's um, not? Who cares? Exactly. Find someone who hasn't changed their name. Right. Well, I guess you can. But, you know, I'll, whatever, right? So that so that's stupid. So that form of outing is just shitty. Yeah, that's agreed. That's selling papers. Um, agreed. And what that was the Sydney who? The Sydney Morning Herald. I will never read an article by the Sydney Morning Herald. I will never click on anything by the Sydney Morning Herald. I will never contribute to them in any way financially by giving them eyeballs on any of their Good. articles. Good. Um, yeah. And it's not- ridiculous. Yeah. I can't believe that they would try to out somebody in 2022 and that they would call her up and tell her, we're going to out you and then be surprised that she, like you said, I'm not just saying what you said, but yeah, I- I'm agreeing with you hundred percent. Oh, well see. So I had heard she, she came out um, and I was like, Oh, okay. Well, yeah. I'm really disconnected now from all the gossip because I didn't even know that it was a thing i thought she was dating her personal trainer uh who was who was a male because um, oh. you know she went through the body transformation thing right 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 um and so uh yeah i just sort of had it in my head that 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 was the marvelous person she was talking about when she would say like i'm transforming my life and i've met this amazing person oh her trainer sure if that makes sense why not oh, i see yeah everyone else does yeah so i was quite yeah. surprised um yep Pleasantly, not pleasantly, doesn't change anything for me. Doesn't make any difference. Right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, maybe, maybe now, maybe one day I'll be invited to some gay party and Rebel Wilson will be there. And then I can go up and I can say something like, you know, I actually did enjoy senior prom. And I know a lot of people are shitting all over that movie right now, but it did uplift me. And so thank you for doing your work. I don't even know what you're talking about. See? Exactly. All right. <laughs> so there's a movie on Netflix. It's called Senior Prom. Okay. Right? And it stars Rebel Wilson. And okay. it's a comedy, as you might expect, right? Sure. But it's a, not a, really a dramedy, but it's, it's not always. Uh, and it's a very yeah. 1990s teenage feel-good movie distillation, right? Okay. It's pretty in pink, just done okay. differently, right? Sure. But it's, it's the same emotional journey. And so... Uh-huh. A girl from Australia, 
apparently has two American parents. They never really explain, but she has oh, the Australian accent and they both sounded <laughs> American to me. Um, comes to the States when she's like 13 and she's the weird girl, but then she decides she's going to be popular and then she sort of makes that happen and mm -hmm. she becomes head cheerleader. And then one of the other cheerleaders is jealous of her and Rebel Wilson goes to do this really important backflip during this really important cheer squad thing okay. in front of the whole school. And okay. uh, the team doesn't catch her. Whether or not the other girl told people oh. not to do that, they never really address that. But it certainly looks that way. But anyway, so Rebel Wilson lands on her back and goes into a coma for like 30 years, 20 oh. years, and wakes up as a 37-year-old woman who hasn't finished high school, right? So oh. she goes back to high school, but happily her best friend is the president of the high school. And <laughs> uh, her other best friend is the librarian at the high school, right? But oh, okay. somehow he'd gone off to Harvard to work in their underground archive thing. But then the woman he was going to marry broke up with him. And so he went back <laughs> to his high school and gave up that job at like the National Archives. That's where it was. It was at the oh, underground okay. Harvard library. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, then um, she decides that she's going to become super popular again, right? And she had a roadmap yeah. before when she was 13 to 17 that she had figured out. So uh -huh. she just revises and updates the roadmap. But now it's Instagram and becoming an influencer and all that. And at the end of the day, she becomes prom queen, although that's something that her friend, the principal, had stamped out because prom queen, king, it just makes everything uncomfortable for people in high school. And yeah. she was trying to make high school very... Uh, inclusive uh -huh. yes or a better word which is the one that you used didn't even occur to me <laughs> and in the end rebel wilson shows everybody that we're all different and we're all unique and if we're all the Aww. same it's so boring and so everybody vote for me for prom queen and kind of and they do they don't because their mother is the girl that got those other cheerleaders not to catch rebel rebel wilson and so the mother rigs the cheerleading. It's all kinds of stuff happens in this thing, wow. right? Now, I've watched it twice. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell. <laughs> yeah. I thought, yeah, it's stupid. It's totally dumb, right? But it really cheered me up. Aww. It was something that, like, didn't require a lot of brain cells. There weren't any curveballs coming, um, yeah. But at the same time, there was some fresh, funny stuff in it. Um, she's engaging and nice to watch. It's not that I'm a fan or not a fan. It, you know, there are people that I name someone who's box off a poison for you. Like who, if you see so and so's in Tom a movie, Cruise. same. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't go, wouldn't go see him. Um, who's who is somebody that like you will see anything? Doesn't matter. Helen Mirren. Ooh, good one. Yeah. Oh, that's a really good one. Yeah. Um, same. Yeah, totally, of course. Totally same. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, uh, any, any of the British matriarchs, right? Right, right, Vanessa right. Redgrave. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's Absolutely. whose face I was seeing when I saw said Vanessa Redgrave. Because they're all interchangeable, <laughs> too, like Liza Minnelli and Barbara Streisand and Judy Garland. Yeah, absolutely. Um, same people. Yeah. So, so anyway, I like her. I'm sorry that happened to her. Um, it's unfortunate. Sydney Morning Herald, you suck real bad. Yeah. You know, I was just thinking that you're saying that the movie, the prom queen movie cheered you up. Um, the movie that cheered me up relatively recently, um, that was a, a no brainer. It's just sort of nothing really going on. They didn't expect, but it was really cute and really fun was Brittany runs a marathon. 
I think it's called Brittany Runs a Marathon. Okay. Have you seen it? It's got a comedian in it whose name is totally escaping me, um, but she's the woman who runs a marathon. And it's just it's just so heartwarming. It's so cute. And it's, it's funny. And it, it's just nice. And the other movie that I saw that was like that, which was really funny, was, and you've probably seen it, the um, Barb and Star Go to Vista Del Mar. The who? Barb and Star Go to Vista Del Mar. No, I have not seen that, and I'm You've embarrassed got to see that. because it's so funny. You'd I, like it. I will definitely put that on. Maybe that'll yeah. be my Sunday night thing. Okay, good. Well, we've settled that. Um, I, th- I think that's it for today. Anything well, else? I mean, we've settled human genetics, so hooray right, for us once again. We're solving cancer. Have you seen those articles that talk about how there have been pe- found possible cures for various types of yes, cancer? Yes. Uh, Very exciting. Uh, was it colon cancer? There are different types. One was pancreatic cancer, and I think colon cancer was one, and just different types. Oh, no, fact, I, pancreatic cancer is the big one to me, because that's the one I'm planning on getting. Oh, well, I mean, yeah, I actually know two people who have developed pancreatic cancer. It's the uh, worst. Yeah. Um, I mean, I I know them remotely, knew them right. remotely. Uh, right. One was a boss who, whose brother was the pilot on September 11th, Whose plane oh. landed in D.C. In the field? Oh, in D.C. Ooh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's harsh. Yeah. Uh, and so, unfortunately, <sighs> he came down with pancreatic cancer. Um, nice. But so, so marvelous news that that's yeah. afoot. And yeah, um, the, the very, very important Nova documentary that I was watching this morning. Uh-huh. Fast forwarding through to like, get to the scientific parts. I don't care about all the morality. <laughs> Boring. <laughs> I want green skin and I want to be able to fly. I don't give a fuck. I know, right? You know, CRISPR could probably do that for you if they really figure out a way to use it. You could get any color eyes you wanted. And I don't think it would work in living humans, but um, maybe fetuses. So anyway, so, that's the whole that's the whole problem. Right. And so, um, so they can make edits to your genes that will impact you, right? And okay. so these are things that control metabolism, um, wow. pain, uh, you name it, right? Can they get to eye color yet? There's a combination of genes, but yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They will, they'll, they'll, yeah, we will be able to do that. I'll say we, because now I'm part of that team. Um, <laughs> but there's a, there's another type of cell, it's the human body, which is called a germline cell, which are this, I'm going to say the sex organs or the sex cells, right? <laughs> Ovum and sperm. And those don't pick up the uh, the Cas9 uh-huh. gene editing stuff, right? They're, I see. They're slight variants that would not be impacted. There is a way to make changes to them. So right now, the changes that they're making impact the mother, but would not impact uh-huh. the daughter. So these changes uh, would not be inherited. Um, interesting. That said, they can, and China has made uh, edits in fetuses, and so that's how we know about the uh, HIV edit, uh, right. because they've successfully done that with fetuses in China. And so the scientific community is working through a moral contract that, like, every scientist must sign. You wow. will not work on fetuses and you will not work on germline, right? Uh, Because we can't make changes that will get into the wild because like those crayfish, uh, we won't see it coming until it's too late, right? Exactly. And so, um, yeah, uh, tough tough and interesting. But yes, those changes are are coming. Oh, right. So the point that I was kind of like, there was something I was going to say that was more than just, uh, 
which mm-hmm. is um, those our lives will change drastically, not in 50 years, but in 10. Wow. Well, of course, that's what they always say, five to 10 years, and then it turns out to be much longer. But but that it's possible. It's entirely possible that it is actually going to be five to 10 years for this one. So. Those horseless carriages, man, they are going to yeah, take right. over the world. Eventually. Self-driving cars everywhere. Well, thank you, Theo. Thank you for the podcast. Thank you, Juliet. Thank you for the podcast. (laughs) And we will see everyone same time next week. Uh, I think that's it. Yes, we had a sign off that we said we were going to use all the time, and it was something like, we love you, please come back. See you later. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So we love you, everyone. See you later. Take care. Bye. Bye. listening to Apologies Accepted, the podcast. You can find links to the articles and the sources in the show notes. To submit an apology or find out more, visit us at ApologiesAccepted.net, where you can also find our merchandise. We're on Twitter at Apologies Accepted. And on Instagram at Apologies.Accepted. You can support our important work at Patreon forward slash Apologies Accepted. And fuck Facebook. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>